Divorce can be isolating and completely chaotic at the same time. There will be times when you wish someone could just rescue you from the insanity. Because it can feel so lonely and crazy, we want this podcast to help you learn how to get through it all and stay sane in the process. We'll talk about why divorce can feel so very lonely, how to build a support system to help you survive and even thrive, the value of support groups to combat the loneliness and confusion, how to guide your friends and family to provide the kind of support you really need, and how one man emerged from an unhealthy marriage and started his own divorce support group for men. I'm Sharon Pastore, and this is the Healthy Divorce Podcast. Let's move forward. You're listening to the Healthy Divorce Podcast. Join us as we help you navigate your divorce without going broke, relationships in ruin, or ending up in court. You'll get into financial and emotional shape, make sense of the legal process, get strong enough to negotiate for yourself, be a mindful parent, stay amicable with your spouse so you can get a fresh start. welcome your host for this episode, Adina Laver, founder of Courage to be Curious and formerly Divorce Essentials. So I want to take a few moments and allow my two guests to introduce themselves. I'm so excited that they're here with us today. My first guest is Bill Halpin. And Bill Halpin has actually been navigating his own divorce. And through this process, really felt that the support that he received was so powerful that he has made it his mission to help men support one another through this life transition. And we're really thrilled to have you on this afternoon. Bill is a guest in a moment. I'll ask you to introduce yourself a bit more. And we also have Katie Moody, who is a counselor and psychotherapist, and she really is an expert in transitions. And divorce is a major life transition. Um, it's definitely moving from one phase of life, adult life, to a new one, and it can be a very powerful and challenging experience. And she has a real specialty in working with people through challenging transitions in life. She is also the facilitator of a coming out of marriage support group for women in the local area here in Wayne, Pennsylvania, through the Women's Resource Center. And she and Bill are going to be talking a little bit later in the call today about a group that they are launching, the Men's Divorce Recovery Support Group, that is also going to take place in our local area. So welcome, Bill, and welcome, Katie. Hi. Thank you, Great. So, Bill, why don't you take a few minutes and just give a little bit of an introduction to who you are and what really brings you on to this call today? Because this really was a passion and mission of you and Katie putting things together and saying we want to, you know, we want to speak to people and share some things. So, just give us a little bit of an introduction to who you are. Sure. So, so my name is Bill Halpin, and uh, I'm, I guess, I'm about three quarters of a, of the way through my own divorce process, and in, in Going through this process, I found uh, uh, the value of having a support network uh, to be invaluable for me. And uh, so, so to take a step back, you know, Katie and I were um, we were both students at the Pennsylvania Gestalt Center, and Katie approached me to start a men's support group, a focus uh, having the focus be on a men's group, which um, I find 
So I have my own support group now, and it is um, both men and women. But I find that um, I am craving or missing something in this kind of support. That I do, it, the support network that's all for um, that's all men that's focused on uh, men is very different. And so I actually took a trip up to Lambertville, where there is a there's a men's support group, an ongoing support group that has been. Um, uh, going on up there for at least 15 years and I found the uh, interaction between men in this group to be um, uh, something that I really enjoyed and was very important to me and so in this area along the main line men's support groups are pretty few and far between so I thought that this was a really important thing to (coughs) work on Thanks Bill um, so, Katie, we're going to share a little bit about who you are and what brings you on to this conversation today. Thank you, Adina, and thank you for your excellent introduction. Um, as Bill mentioned, um, I guess my story about where I, where I came to with this was I do, as you mentioned, I do work with Women's Resource Centre, um, providing um, a support group for women. And I have witnessed... Um, women making such significant changes and the provision that support and sharing that can provide for them. And I just wanted to provide this for for guys. Um, You know, in my practice, I do work with men and with women. And my experience, you know, when men come into therapy or begin to talk about their emotions, it's something that is often very new for them and it's something that they don't find easy to do um, outside of a kind of more therapeutic support group environment and so I'm actually really excited to be able to to offer this to to guys and with you know with Bill providing also that very uh, I hate to be gender specific but that very masculine (laughs) viewpoint and we do know that men and women do relate to each other um, within their own gender very differently. Absolutely. So it's it's great that you are able to bring the perspective and also bring your experience to this dialogue, both as a therapist as also as a counselor in a support group network, because this call today is really focusing on the support that we need going through a divorce process. It can be a very lonely experience, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes as to, you know, what makes divorce so lonely. And there are many places to get support, and it can be so challenging to reach out and access them and to take the step forward out to gain support. And so, you know, let's talk for a little bit. And, you know, Katie and Bill, I'm interested from both of your perspectives, and I'll share a little bit of mine from the work I do too, is what are the different factors that really make divorcing such a lonely experience for people? It's, you know, there's an irony to it in that the statistics tell us that almost 50% of marriages end in divorce. And then people move on to the next phase of their life. So with so many people and everybody knowing somebody that is divorced, the fact that it still feels so lonely. So let's talk about that a little bit. What, what's, uh, what's that loneliness about? So, you know, Bill, do you want to start with sharing what it was about for you and then Katie maybe share sure. from the work that you've done? Sure. You know, yeah, I think you, you hit on something that's very ironic, um, you know, I was thinking about myself here on the main line and 
you know, my spouse, you know, we're, we're both upwardly mobile, um, you know, highly educated individuals. We have a great family and friends support network. And there is a real complexity that gets introduced into all that. I, I, I didn't anticipate the kind of uh, complexity and the kind of uh, support that I would need that I, I couldn't quite get from any single family member or friend. Um, so, you know, I could go to my parents and I could get lots of love and compassion from them, but I often couldn't talk in depth about a lot of things because they had a relationship with both myself and my spouse and I have a son. So, you know, so I could get some things from them and I couldn't, I couldn't get the kind of support that I really needed exactly from them. And I found the same situation with my good friends also who happened to be, a part of a network of friendships that my spouse and I shared. And so I found it really important to reach out to, to um, my support network through my, my uh, Gestalt program. Um, we have a, a, a network of, uh, what we do is we do mini groups and we meet regularly. Um, so I have um, you know, a bunch of people that I could reach out to. And so I could give an example. You know, I had, a, I had an experience where I was just, you know, I had a day where I had a, an extreme amount of emotion and grief and anger, and I found myself leaving work and driving in my car. And I actually don't even remember how I got in the car, and I don't remember how I ended up where I was. So I really wasn't in a great place. I probably was a bit dangerous to be doing what I was doing. And I remember to call someone in my support group, and this person helped talk me through that moment so that I could come back into myself and get to a safe place um, it was a very important moment for me, and I realized the value of having someone in that role that I could reach out to in that moment. And, and it really wasn't, in that moment, family or friends. And what made it important, actually, in that moment that it probably was not a family member or a friend? Well, so when you, when you start uh, with a support group, you are or thrown together with a group of people um, who are who have a lot of similarities with you and also they come with their differences but you're starting at a, a moment or a place in time and you're developing a relationship right from that moment i think that's real the real value of a support group is that you're you're all there for a common purpose and so the relationship builds from that first moment in that way um, it's very different. It doesn't have the history that family and friends have, um, often that are shared histories with spouses. So, um, you know, the ability to really get to the heart of a matter or to reach out in a way, it's a very unique experience, and it's created through support groups. Right, and it sounds like there's an element, too, as you said, that you don't have to worry about how your your sharing is going to impinge upon relationships that have already yeah. been built in terms of friends and family, or even judgments that are going to arise, judgments of them to you, or could this produce judgments towards your spouse, which maybe later wouldn't be productive or things like that, because there is this neutrality that this Absolutely. person holds. Absolutely. So, Katie, from your work, because you've worked with a number of people making this kind of a transition in life, is what are other factors that contribute to the loneliness that people feel as they're going through a divorce? I, 
I think sometimes the loneliness is a sense of, you know, from my experience, everyone's divorce or separation or transition really is unique to them. And, you know, we talk about trying to understand each other's feelings. And, and so often, you know, we can't even understand our own feelings, let alone be able to communicate them to someone else. And maybe that someone else, if they are a friend or a member of the family, they maybe they might want to give you advice or they may want to or, or sometimes I think they can't. They can't always handle maybe the amount of emotion that you have. There's that kind of sense that when you're feeling this, um, can I use the word, this desperation um, or this sense of I just feel so angry or so sad that, that whoever you are talking to can't actually handle that. So I think sometimes people just find it easier to keep the lid on it completely rather than even begin to, to share that. So I think sometimes there can be an element within our loneliness of, of protecting other people um, in terms of sharing that emotion. Um, it's just kind of, it seems easier to keep the lid on it and therefore protect ourselves, but actually um, we, we need to allow others to see our vulnerability sometimes, but we don't often know kind of quite how to do that. And I know, you know, extending, um, Bill, what you were saying, you know, sometimes I, when I talk to people going through the divorce situation, that sense of also um, protecting your friends and family, plus also I found that there is some loyalty to, towards one's partner in terms of not always dishing the dirt um, to friends or family. So there is an element of protection. Um, in terms of A, um, sometimes I feel if there's been abuse going on, maybe some shame also that they kind of stayed around that abusive situation for so long. Plus also, as I say, not really wanting to expose that part of um, their partner or ex-partner to members of even your own family or other members because who knows when there's going to be some sort of more public occasion where they're all going to have to meet up again. So I think, Bill, you talked about the complexities and I think, you know, the loneliness comes from not being able to share that complexity with friends and family for all those sorts of reasons as well as the judgments, etc. Whereas a support group really offers you the the opportunity to to um, actually express all of those negative emotions, to feel more okay doing that because everyone else is kind of going through the same thing, although in their own unique way. Um, so, you know, I, I think sharing that really helps us. Um, well, it provides that medium, really, I think, a support group for really honest sharing because you kind of dip into the support group and when you're there you really are kind of giving of yourself to everyone else and you're receiving um, but also then you can go away and, and leave it so there's no it, there's no sense of oh you know what did I share am I going to really you know meet that person at some social thing or or that member of my family going to be thinking of me because these are all people going through the same thing and it's a very confidential, safe, non-judgmental environment that a support group can provide that's very unique. Katie, you raised so many important things there that really address 
what can make this such a lonely experience and also the value of having support outside of one's friends and families. And also a little bit later in this call, I want to talk about the kinds of really healthy and productive support that friends and family can offer to the process. And so what I'd like to do now, because a little bit later in the call, I actually want to name a number of different people and um, ways that people can gain support who are professionals and friends and family and how can, what are the different ways people can be in supportive roles through a divorce process. But before I get to that, and Bill, here's really where I want to invite you a little bit into your journey is that I know for many of our callers, you know, for some, this may be the first thing is listening in on a call where they're still in a fairly anonymous place because even taking the first step to seek support, whether it be to go to a therapist, whether it be to seek out a support group, even getting to that first place can be really, really difficult. Oftentimes, the initial decision to divorce can come with shock, it can come with shame, it can come with so many things that the natural inclination for many people is to shut themselves in and to hold it all inside. And so as you're describing your journey a little bit, can you talk about how do you even get to that place of taking the first step of breaking out of the shell and out of the isolation to seeking support that can be such a difficult first step to take? Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a really tough one. So, you know, I know in my case, I had a good friend who, who came to me and said, don't, don't do this by yourself. You know, don't, you know, essentially don't isolate yourself. Um, and so, uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, it's amazing. You don't, sometimes in this process, you, I had this notion that, I was going to get support in areas, and I didn't get it. In some areas, from some people, I didn't expect the kind of support I got. And so I really, you know, I was really listening to um, what my friends were, uh, some of my friends were saying. And so, you know, I think it's very important to, to you know, be open enough to listen to friends and family and also to not go it alone. Um, you know, I know for men, you know, speaking as a man, you know, I guess I don't know for all men, but, you know, I think I tended to isolate myself and I tended to feel like I was, you know, a singular person alone with this huge uh, issue of separation and divorce and, and you know, having a son, you know, and having to navigate uh, uh, an adolescent son in the middle of all of this, and um, you know, I, I asked myself a very simple question, which is, you know, can I really do this by myself? And the answer was no, I couldn't do it by myself. I really needed to reach out and uh, find some some support, some support network. And so, one of the first places that I, I reached out to was um, Chris Pastor in the Mainline Family Law Center. Um, and so and I actually started my support group and my training a little bit after that. So, um, but I would just, I would encourage everyone who is going through this process to not isolate yourself. You'd be surprised at, you know, my support group, um, what people in my group are going through in their lives and the similarities and how how it is that we end up in the same space 
in time together to talk about some of these things is really miraculous. I, I was I was taken aback. I didn't realize that there was this this um, world happening out there, and I you know stepped into it, and I am so glad that I did. You know, and Bill, you raise an interesting point, and one thing that's been very fascinating for me and being in the role as a coach and receiving, you know, calls from people who are reaching out for support is that initially my expectation was that I might get more calls from women than men because women as a general population, again, here we are stereotyping, but tend to reach out a little bit more, and my um, belief was that there may be more men who, as the ones who have typically been in a role of caring for a family, would feel like they needed to navigate this more on their own. And I've been so wonderfully surprised at how many men are reaching out and seeking the kind of support that you're talking about and really recognizing this isn't a time or place to go it alone. And this is a opportunity for really great growth that can happen. It's a difficult situation and it's often the energy of the most challenging situations in our lives that can lead to the greatest growth for us. And um, so I, you know, appreciate your sharing that and I'm glad to kind of see that trend happening and would echo what you say and really encouraging people to, as soon as you take that first step out and reach out for the first level of support, that it becomes much easier and you don't feel as isolated and you don't feel as alone. Um, one of the things I wanted to do um, is talk about the different places that people can get support. And we are going to circle back to support groups, which is, you know, Katie and Bill, you guys are starting a support group for men in the area, and we certainly want to give people information about that. But there are many types of support that people will access and can access through the course of the journey. And I thought it would be helpful for us to really talk through those a little bit for callers so they can get a sense of who might be on their support team and maybe even where they might start identifying and finding these people. If they're local to the greater Philadelphia area, they may start with the Mainline Family Law Center. If they're someplace else, they you know, may choose in their local area different ways to get there. But there are so many types of professionals that and, and friends and family who can be support in particular kinds of ways. And I've made a list here to start with. Um, and I'm just going to read the list first. And if you have anything to add, chime in, and then let's talk through it a little bit so people understand what roles people can play in a support system. Um, in the case of divorce, because it generally settles with a, you know, a legal agreement, is that there's legal support and different types of legal support, um, attorneys who are doing mediation, collaborative divorce, and litigation, and certainly this, we're working with the Mainline Family Law Center that is a mediation firm, but there's legal support. Um, many people will have a financial planner who is involved, who may be helping to look at going how they're going to go forward financially and things like that. An accountant, a therapist, a coach, how friends and family can be of support, a pastor or clergy person, and then all the different kinds of support groups. Did I leave anything off the list that either of you can think of? And then we'll go back and talk through these items a little bit. I think that's I get them all? a comprehensive list, Adina. I was, you know, you know, I've, I've got a list here, and the only other one that I had added on mine um, is practical help, and that can actually go across 
all of these different areas. But sometimes it might be that, you know, you, you may want a girlfriend to come and help begin to pack up parts house or to hold you know I'm thinking of, of people that I met in my experience you know a sister to help pack up and take stuff away while you're showing your house or other practical help is um, if lots of rather um, officious, officious and nasty emails are floating around you know I've worked to suggest that she involves um, a close trusted friend and she finds the email straight there so the friend can actually tell her whether there's information there that she really needs to know. So all those sorts of practical issues I think can be really, really helpful um, because as, as Bill said, sometimes you know, when you're going through this emotional turmoil, this time of emotional flooding, your brain's just not really very in gear. And sometimes it can be really helpful to have someone sit down and do a little bit of kind of mind mapping or project planning. Um, you're just thinking, I don't know where to go with any of this. Um, so, Katie, you raised, I want to, you know, raise, talk about what you've raised is let's start with friends and family because that's where you leapt right in. And that what you started to describe is that a great role for friends and family in terms of support, Bill described loving support that he got from his friends and just, you know, the kind of encouragement, the hug, the not being alone, um, you know, on a holiday perhaps or a weekend or something like that. And then doing the practical things like, dinner for the kids if you can't pull that together or it doesn't feel like there's any energy or take going out to the movies, those things that help to sustain us. And they may not be the best people for advice or to, you know, share the intense emotions with, but you've really described many ways that friends and family can offer very important practical support along the way. And I want to share with listeners about the fact that one of the things about the divorce process is that the, at the same time that we can be feeling very vulnerable, it's a really important time to take some control and say, here is how you can help me. And sometimes we're not used to asking for help, but I think both Katie and Bill would echo, this is the time to ask for help, and that people will are seeking the ways to be supportive of you. Bill, is that what you found in your experience too? Yeah, absolutely. And and if I can add to, you know, through my support group and the work with my support group, you know, I found that I was able to do things that I couldn't do in the past with with family members like, you know, set it was a real big thing for me to set a boundary with my parents about, you know, what I really needed and wanted them to help me with and when they didn't understand why I wasn't talking about other things with them. I had to set a clear boundary, and it was something that I actually gained through my support group. It was one of these nice things that happens in support groups is that you you can develop a lot of new skills in relationships with everyone in your life. And so, you know, that was a wonderful thing for me to be able to do, to have the support and confidence to say, Mom, you know, here's what I really would like for you to do, and, you know, I also don't want to talk about certain things because I don't want I don't want you in the middle of, all of this other stuff with with my spouse. Right, so it really puts you at this at the position of being the architect of your support system. Yeah, I'm really navigating what kind of support is going to be most helpful from each person you choose to invite into your circle. Absolutely. 
And so that kind of support, let's think about this in a group, support groups like the one you've been describing of people who are going through a similar experience. Um, and then there's a therapist and a coach who have some overlapping potentials in terms of support and some slight distinctions as well. So, Bill, you've talked a little bit about ways that your support group, how does the therapist, Katie, play into part of a support system for, um, for somebody? Um, I think in a multitude of ways. Um, I think the difference for the therapist is that what they provide is actually um, an environment where they're not going to be making any demands of the individual other than the normal therapeutic contract. Um, but a therapist can, um, you know, provide that nurturing, compassionate, warm environment for someone just to come and vent just to come and offload all their negative emotions. Um, and once they've kind of uh, navigated that piece, that normally that's the initial stage of, of a transition, that, that sense of feeling overwhelmed, to actually provide help in terms of kind of exploring and developing different coping skills. Some of those practical, some may be emotional. Um, and a little further down the line, looking at... Um, ways to enhance their self-esteem and actually build that emotional strength and resilience because they'll be taking a, an emotional pounding through all of this. Um, it's it's going to, it, you know, any transition or a split of this nature really, um, it, it turns the focus back in on oneself. So one goes through this self-examination and normally you go through a self-examination, what comes out is normally a negative. And to be able to share that with a therapist, um, someone who's actually trained to help you in terms of look at where that negative negativity has come from, what were maybe the, the childhood patterns and, and triggers that are going on within the relationship to um, to actually prevent that happening again. So it's a number of different stages that a therapist can help um, an individual through, from from the, the caring, the nurturing, and the support, through to towards the end, perhaps a little bit more of, of the challenging, you know, let's have a look underneath that, that boulder that was your relationship. Once the person has, has developed a little bit more emotional resilience to be able to do that, um, to really begin to kind of let go of everything that they need to let go with uh, their past relationship and begin to really uh, have more self-awareness about themselves so that should they wish to take on a new relationship with someone else, then they, they're much more resilient and aware about doing that. Um, but also, you know, I do really encourage people to um, really learn to develop a relationship with themselves. Um, and that's a really important part of therapy, uh, rather than kind of leaping from one difficult relationship into another one without that time to take stock and build that internal, uh, as I say, resilience, that sense of self-esteem and emotional strength. 
I could keep going for hours. No, no, no. So that's a, no. It's fantastic, and for people to really understand the role that therapy can play, and um, I'm just going to say a brief word about coaching in here and how that interplays with the others, and then look at some of the other people roles in a support system, because then I want to come back and have you guys talk about your support group that you're starting up. Um, and so a divorce coach, which is fairly new for some people. Um, dovetails well with therapy, which is really very reflective in looking at oneself, and also helps with some of that strategy. How do I get from here to there? So I'm at a place, I may be in a place of paralysis, I might be in a place of having made a decision, but I want to get to this place of a much happier future, and there's actions and steps that have to that have to be taken in order to get there. And I know that people that I'm working with, it's you know, one is mobilizing, getting the strength, the courage in order to take those steps, as you talked about, believing in oneself enough to be able to do it, and changing some patterns and habits that maybe have not been serving so well in order to get new results into, from older or familiar experiences and things like that, and navigating from the current situation into that future situation. And so these services dovetail well with each other in terms of supporting clients and understanding the past and who they are and where they are and then moving from the current present moment into their future situation and navigating through the very practical steps of the divorce process. So therapist, coach, support groups work together with a great synergy to really provide a tremendous amount of emotional support because our our legal team on the other side really works with the contractual part. And I was just writing something recently about, you know, what makes divorce so difficult is that, you know, our attorneys, whether it's a mediator and, you know, our attorney that we've hired personally wants us to make all these decisions and says it's not about your emotions. It's about finances. It's about a contract. It's about an agreement. And for us going through it, it's, it is about emotions. So, that in the imperative of having support in both of those areas in order to be able to navigate well. And so having the emotional support team through therapy, coaching, support groups, having practical support with family and friends, um, having legal support through a mediation service like Mainline Family Law Center, a collaborative divorce group or an attorney, depending on the situation. And, you know, we certainly support mediation as a very healthy way to go. And then a financial planner and an accountant that really can help to ground um, couples, individuals in thinking about the new financial reality because divorce does mean a new financial reality. And the same income that was supporting one household is now going to support two households and those kinds of things. So bringing those people in being really important. I also want to bring up, because I can't remember, Bill, whether it was you or Katie, who talked about um, the important role that a pastor or a religious leader, depending on whatever your denomination is, can play in terms of their role in supporting this. Um, Bill or Katie, which of you was talking about that? Well, I'm happy to talk about it. Okay, just say a brief word about the role of the pastor, because then I want to give you time to talk about your men's group. Okay, well, I, you know, from from experience with people that I've worked with, I know that, you know, a number of people have talked about, well, marriage was for life. You know, I made a, a commitment Um under God, this particular individual was talking about that. Where whatever your spiritual beliefs are, it was it was a commitment, and there was a sense that um, 
spiritual aspect was an important piece because there was almost a permission needed. And I know that, you know, people have often gone and talked to their pastor or their, their spiritual leader, talk through all the difficulties and in some ways to kind of get a permission that it's okay to actually go down the, the route of, of a separation or divorce. Um, and that, yes, okay, it was made for life, but change happens. And sometimes, you know, certainly with people marry someone and, and then um, an abusive situation can begin to happen or some, some health issues, particularly mental health issues, can begin to happen with addictions, etc. So often I think the spiritual leader can really step in and provide them another place for that, that open conversation um, about where that leaves them with their spiritual faith. Thanks, Katie. And I think that's great. And I just want to, you know, put a little footnote on all of this that we've said about the people in your support group is that it's always important to use your wise discernment about the people that you go to. And in some cases, a pastor or religious leader can provide support in the kind of, in the way that Katie's been describing. Some people may not, may know that the pastor that I have is not going to provide that kind of support and may leave them in turmoil. It's very difficult if the pastor that in the church or the religious institution that you've been affiliated with does not support or believe that it's okay to separate on. And so you are really the architect of your support system and choosing people to seek out support from and allow in those things that are really going to be helpful to you and not keep you in places of shame or turmoil because you're you're creating your support team. So with that, I want to turn in a few minutes here to um, the support group that you're starting because there's many types of support groups. Bill has talked about one that he's been in, and he's mentioned the one that you two are starting. There is also, I know there are a large number of people who have spouses who are coping with addiction issues, and the Al-Anon meetings can be really helpful to spouses as a support as well um, if, there's, if, if there's been abuse to go to an abuse support group. So really seeking out the types of group that best match your situations. And with that, I want to invite the two of you to talk a little bit about this specific group for men and what it is you're looking at doing. Tell us the details of it. How's it going to work? What do you got, What are you going to talk about? And how do people find out more about it? Okay, so, so we're going to... Okay. We're going to do seven weeks um, uh, starting on October 2nd at the Griffin Cafe in Wayne in their upstairs room. And so we're going to meet from 6.30 p.m. till 8 p.m. And um, the, what we're going to talk about, the, the setup for each night will be, uh, we, we may have a topic, you know, the topic will be something along the lines of how, how to cope with anger or grief or how to cope with issues of um, divorce when children are involved. Uh, so there'll be a topic discussed for 10 or 15 minutes, um, and then the floor will be open to the people in the support group to talk about what's going on in their lives. Um, and so I want to try and be fluid with that, and depending on what's happening in the moment. We may do an abbreviated introduction of a topic, um, so really the whole idea is to provide a space, a safe, confidential space for men to meet and to develop, to take proactive 
role in movement towards creating a support group that could potentially turn into a you know lifetime. I've seen this in many support groups that I've um, been, and and I think it's happening with me with my support group. The relationships I'm making are lifelong relationships. They're going to persist long after the support group meeting, and so I, I hope that for for anybody who comes to the support group. So we're going to do seven seven weeks. Um, on the seventh week, we have Chris Pastor coming in, and he's going to do uh, he's going to talk about the Mainline Family Law Center um, and do a question and answer session. So, and you can uh, reach us on Katie Katie's uh, site, which is katiemoody.com backslash men's divorce support group. And you so can reach can you, me at can the, you spell Katie Moody for us just so we know? Yeah, yeah. Uh K A T E Y M O O D Y dot com. And the number the number you could reach me at is six ten three three one one three four nine and I'd be glad to talk with anyone and answer any questions. And Bill, tell us, is there a cost for this? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's um, $45 per night or a total of 270 And the seventh night on the seventh week is um, we're, we're providing this as a, you know incentive to have Chris come in and talk. So that is not a part of the cost. That's an extra. That's a bonus, right. That's a bonus. Katie, is there anything you'd like to add here? I think the only thing, uh, thank you, Bill, that was a great description, was I just want to reiterate the confidentiality aspect. Um, usually at the first session, I do a kind of a confidentiality agreement um, and also uh, some guidelines around emotional safety and trust. And that's something that we get an informal agreement from everyone at the beginning of, of the session so that people just feel safe enough to, to talk about themselves. Um, and if I can give you my phone number as well, which is 484-802-4833. And like Bill, I'd be happy to talk to anyone about, you know, the topics that we may cover in the group and quite how Right. I'd also like to, and Katie and Bill don't know I'm going to say this, so this will be a nice surprise for them, but I'd also like to invite those of you who have called in and listened in today that to do a few things. One is, if you're interested in this group personally, to please get in touch with Bill and Katie right away and to take that courageous step forward to getting the support and to being part of a group because it really is so powerful. There are also some of you on who may know people, no matter whether they're still going through their divorce or they've been divorced. Sometimes people have been divorced for a few years and are still really struggling. And so please pass this information on to friends and family that you know who can benefit because the goal here is really to support people and making a, a healthy transition to a much more empowered place in their lives. And so please pass it on. The other thing is is that you may have topics. You may have been listening in and say, if you are a woman and a spouse and say, you know, I think this is a great idea. It's something I know my partner might benefit tremendously from or I know somebody else would. And I really think this would be an important topic to cover is go ahead and email us and go ahead, go onto Katie's site and email her or call Bill and let them know what topics you would especially like to see 
covered or if you are, as Katie would say, a guy on the call and have some topics that have been really challenging for you that you think it would be really beneficial to have covered in the support group. Let's make this interactive and open up the dialogue because that's the way that everyone gets the best support that they need. So please, the more input you give us, the better we can support you in this process. Katie has a lot of experience. Bill and Katie both have training through the Gestalt Center, and so it's going to be a fabulous experience, and we want to make sure that it's specifically tailored to you. So so, um, please be interactive with us. And um, is there, I have just a minute on the call here, but if there's any callers who have a topic that they would like to shout out right now that you think would be really important to call, I'd be happy to give you a, a few seconds here to shout that out. Is there anybody on the call who'd like to share something? Okay. Well, give us an email if you do. And what I'd like to do now is in wrapping up the call, we have just a couple of minutes here, is to do a a few things. One is to thank you all for listening in today and to remind you that you are going to get a copy of a link to a recording within 48 hours so that you can listen back in or, you know, if you weren't on the call, you're listening back in once you've gotten it, which is great. Um, Also want to invite you, if you have not been at the Mainline Family Law Center website recently, there's tons of information. It's really meant to be a great resource for people going through this process at www.myhealthydivorce.com between the blog articles that are up there, the different kinds of resources and information. It's one of the greatest reformations informations um, about divorce and particularly about divorce in Pennsylvania. And if anybody is looking for support, Katie Moody, her information is on the site as well. And if you're looking for a therapist and you enjoyed listening to Katie today, you can contact her. There is also a tab at the top for Divorce Coach. Um, I offer free 30-minute consultations for people who are considering coaching as a support in their process here as well. And so you can find me on the website, Adina Laver, under the Divorce Coach tab. And you can also find the information there for scheduling a, scheduling a consult with Chris Pastore if you are interested in learning more about divorce mediation and what that is. And it is truly designed to be a very healthy and amicable, amicable process for going through divorce, one that can really leave families and individuals healthy and whole at the end. So we really are grateful for your being on. We hope that you Got tremendous benefit today from all that Bill and Katie have shared, and I thank you both, Bill and Katie, so much for being with us this afternoon and for sharing your your wisdom, your expertise, and Bill, for sharing you know part of your personal journey here because I think that's really helpful for people to be able to connect with um, your own journey in order to find a way to navigate through theirs as well. So thank you both for being on. Thank you, Athena. hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Divorce Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. You can find me, Sharon Pastore, or my partner, Chris Pastore, at MyHealthyDivorce.com. If you like this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, you can have a healthy divorce. It's how you divorce that matters.